Hello, and welcome to the Take Notes Utah Jazz Podcast. Uh, you're here with me, Kemper, and here with Cruz. Go ahead and say hi, Cruz. Hey, how's it going, everyone? It's my usual first comment, is it not? Ah, so good. We're, we're doing so good. Um, I feel like we kind of have to be doing pretty good as um, jazz fans right now. Uh, we obviously, we re-signed Mike Conley. That's kind of um, kind of expected, but um, we signed him at $68 million, um, which could go up to about $72.5 million, uh, depending on different incentives, different kind of milestones that Mike Conley can hit. What are our thoughts on that, Cruz? What do you think? First thing. We did our job, and Mike Conley is proving to us that he has a heart. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, when was the last time that the Jazz got – an all-star free agent who was willing to either come back or come to them in the first place and do it at a relative discount or at least on a reasonable deal. I mean, when has that happened? Yeah. I'm really trying to think, and I I don't know if I know the time that that actually happened for us. Yeah. Especially for Utah. So I think what a lot of people are saying is there's injury or concern about injuries there's concern about he's just getting old. I think if you just boil it down to the numbers that we have, so he played 51 games last season, so that means he missed 21 games. Obviously, that's not great. Um, But he was shooting 44.4% from the field, 41.2% from three, and that's on volume shooting. Yeah, it's on volume shooting. It's not just a couple shots a game. Um, And he has such a good rapport with – with Rudy and with all of our other players, but I think specifically Rudy, he's the one that kind of gets Rudy involved more often in the offense. So he has six assists per game, uh, three and a half rebounds per game, shooting good free throws. Like this guy is, he's an all-star. He's coming off an all-star season. And if you can name another team that just signed an all-star for less than 25 million a year, I would love to have comments and I might be missing something, but I don't think I am. Like we just got an all-star for cheap in Utah and he's excited to be here. He is posting videos of him <laughs> going crazy and like lip dubbing over Wolf of Wall Street. Like I, that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. If you haven't seen that yet, that's on Mike Conley's Instagram. It's yeah. uh, it's Mac Ten. If you have, if you don't know what his Instagram is, and it's that was an entertaining post, and it made me feel a lot better. You know, it definitely feels like Mike has grown to love, love Utah, love the players he's playing with, and love the fans. And you can see he's excited to be back. Yeah, it, it sounds like he really enjoys being with our guys, kind of with our, uh, with Donovan, with Royce, kind of that. It seems like a tight knit group that we've always kind of had. Like we had it with uh, Rubio, we had it with. I can't think of anybody, anybody else to top my head, but uh, Jay Crowder liked us not yeah. to come back apparently, but yeah. <laughs> come on, <laughs> he liked sign, us. sign the men for us Crowder. Yeah. Geez. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's super exciting. I think that obviously there's going to be injury concerns. I think that ideally what we would look at is finding ways to integrate some of our, our current people, some of the people we're adding, like Jared Butler, we kind of talked about this last episode, and just give 
give our older guys some time to to rest like not let's not kill our old guys they're not proving to be the most healthy people if they're being run down and if we have the opportunity to give them a little bit of load management not necessarily taking games off maybe taking games off i don't know but giving them opportunities to uh, to play shorter minutes in a game, to skip a back-to-back, stuff like that, I think is going to be super important to us. We're we're getting to be an older team, like obviously not Lakers old, but jeez, because I think their median age is like thirty-four now, is what it feels like. It's it's like thirty-six. Oh, I was looking at that earlier. I'm gonna Let's, look that up while we're talking because the it. ages are funny. Do they, it. They made me laugh. But yeah, so we have teams that like the Grizzlies that are like these young run and gun teams. Let's play every game, like 40 minutes a game. We're not one of those teams. We are a team that has proven that we're good in the regular season. And I feel like we've proven our point. We got the first seed last year. Let's just take it a little slower. Let's have some opportunity for off games, have some opportunity for rest. And see what we can do in the playoffs. Cause I, I looking around the league, we are a playoff team. Like no definitely. doubt. Yeah, definitely. And like, like barring serious injury, I'm not going to just say no doubt for sure, but yeah, I, I like where we are with the Mike Conley signing. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're saying, if we want to make this contract worth it, uh, then we're going to have to be smart about it. You know, we, we can't, just get all gung-ho and be like, ah, we got Mike back. Now let's go to work and then expect Mike to play 82 games or whatever it ends up being next season. And then on top of that, 16 games in the playoff or whatever it ends up being. And expect them to be working on all cylinders throughout that entire time. That's it's not realistic. And I know that that's kind of the anger that I'm seeing from the dark side of jazz twitter right now is <laughs> everyone's like oh my yeah. goodness he's he's not going to give us a full season why are we paying this much for a guy well if you look at replacement value that's really what we're looking it's it's mike conley is going to play for us and whatever he can give us at 23 ish million a year is better than what we could have gotten for zero money a year because that's what it would have been. We yeah, wouldn't have exactly. had any more money to spend and we wouldn't have had anyone be able to come in and replace what he's going to give us. So if we can just be a little bit smart about how we play, you know, you know, given the, the Kawhi treatment, if you will, then I think we'll get a lot more out of that contract. But so for the Lakers age, though, I have it pulled up here. So they have Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, they LeBron, of course, they picked up Trevor Ariza, Mark Saul's been there. Dwight Howard came back. They picked up Wayne Washington, Kent Bazemore, and now Russell Westbrook. It's like the 20, two, uh, 2003 draft. It's nuts. <laughs> it's eight eighteen. Uh, pretty much, yeah. You've got Carmelo is the oldest at 37. After that, you have three players at 36 years old. LeBron, Trevor Reese, and Marc Gasol. Then you have a 35-year-old who turns 36 this year in a couple months in yeah. Dwight Howard. Then you have... Wayne Ellington and Kent Bazemore, who are both 32 and 33, and Russell Westbrook at 32. If you drop below that, Anthony Davis is 28, so it's not like he's such super youth. young either. You know, he's such, he's so in his youthful. prime, if yeah. you will, but he's also pretty injury prone. So he kind of you almost you put him in the old. same category as the other guys. Yeah, exactly. And then 
uh, below that you've got THT and uh, oh, who was the other guy? They Oh yeah, Kendrick Nunn. And those are probably their like only two young guys right now. Everyone else is old. Very, very good at basketball, but old. So yeah, I don't sure. know. I had to chuckle when I saw that because it's very much an all-in year and it's very much a, hey, I hope we're healthy. Yeah. If not, then we're going to suck. But if we're healthy, we'll be great. Yeah. I, I think also, also speaking of age, I think there's a lot of people that will immediately kind of be put off guard by the fact that we gave a three-year contract to someone who is 33 going on 34 uh, for this coming year. Right. First of all, I think you need to compare it to there's other guards like Chris Paul, there's Kyle Lowry, who both are, older. are yeah, they're both older and they're getting long-term contracts. So it's not like that abnormal. If you still have game, you still have game. I think that's important. I think it's also important to note that correct me if I'm wrong, but he's a player option on his third year. Does that sound right? Uh I actually don't know for certain. I feel like we should know that. If we're gonna I feel like you're correct. For some reason, I, I know more information about Chris Paul's deal than I do about Mike Conley's. I, don't ask me why. But so it's a three-year, 68. I'm pretty sure it's a player option on the end. That's kind of the standard. But basically, what you're doing by giving that player option on the third year is you're kind of conceding something in the negotiations. You're saying... I know you want to you want to be paid for years to come. We don't necessarily it's not in our best interest, but we're going to give you that option to have 3 years if you're willing to concede some right now and take less money per year and give us a little bit more flexibility to build around you. So, if he had taken I think there was a 3 year 75 or 3 year 80 being thrown around, if he had thrown that around there's a good chance we might not have had the room to to sign a Rudy Gay like we did. Um, we would have just less flexibility. And yeah, so I think that's where we ended up. So we actually do, we have Rudy Gay. Um, Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's, I think Otto Porter, I was texting with Cruz, Otto Porter was someone who we were both looking at as probably a more likely person i think he we would have tried to get him on the same contract that uh six per year contract so we signed him for was it 12.1 for two years yes it's two years two years 13 two years 13 okay if i recall correctly yeah cool no i said i got sean strani over here Gay is signing a two-year 12.1 million deal with the jazz there is with a, one all right with, yeah. with the player option so that's probably correct a similar thing where you have the player option on the end to to get their value down a little bit in terms of actual cap hit per year uh rudy gay what do you think about him i i know that when i texted you i was like hey you know Otto porter was kind of the guy i was looking at but i mean rudy gay on the same reasoning that we were upset about mike conley i say we when i'm talking about the dark side of jazz Twitter again, when really I don't, I don't side with those guys. I'm happy Mike's back. Uh, but Rudy, Rudy Gay, I should say, not Rudy Gobert, is actually the opposite. He is not injury prone, unlike Otto Porter Jr. So even though Otto is younger and I think 
has a lot more explosiveness still left in him. Rudy actually stays on the court. So if we're looking at those kind of numbers and the fact that Otto ended up going with, uh, with the Golden State Warriors over there for a similar deal, I'm actually very happy with Rudy. He's, he's clearly proven with the Spurs that he is a stand-up player. He's a guy that I know the Jazz have had their eye on for for years, uh, him and Otto both. So I'm just happy to get one of them finally, because I feel like they could have been helping us for a long time. We would have greatly appreciated having either of them. Maybe hindsight's 2020, because you know, the last three years, I think Otto Porter's only played between like 30 and 50 games a year. So perhaps <laughs> he wouldn't have been as helpful as last three, four years, but uh, yeah. Rudy Gay, six foot eight. So power forward, or he could play small forward. He also has some small ball potential to him if we want to go that route with him. I don't think that's the sole or main reason we got him, though. I think he's there to play as more of a defensive wing who can kind of be a 3 and D. If you look at his his career stats from three, they're not fantastic. They kind of middling 30%. But this last year he shot 38% uh, for the, for the year and he looks to be getting better at that. So I think he's kind of expanding his game as he does get a little bit older and the three point shot seems to be one of those things that is benefiting from that. Yeah. So I see, I have basketball reference pulled up for Rudy. So it's 38% on 4.4 attempts per game. So that's pretty decent. seems like he's kind of slotting into more of a catch and shoot kind of role. He's not much of an, off the bounce player. Uh, he plays a little more in the mid range than I think we would yeah. normally like. But a I lot think, of those Spurs players do. They they all yeah. seem to have that mid range game in their in the repertoire. Long, the long two is never going to go away. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we have a, a player that he's been playing for was like sixteen years. He's uh, thirty four, turning thirty five this season. But he's someone he played, he's durable. He plays in 63 games last year. And he's a guy that has been around the league. He knows how to play in different systems. I think that given the opportunity to, to go through our training camp, go through our go through our system and learn it, I think that he'll do really well. I think I likely see him as a a bench player for us. Yes. I, don't, I don't think that he would replace Royce O'Neal or Bowie on in our starting lineup. Um, no, yeah. I think he makes those combination lineups better is what he does. After those first four minutes and we start pulling guys out and, and tinkering with things as Quinn does, I think what he does is just gives, gives Quinn another tool in his tool belt and he gives us a, a better option to throw in there than and I apologize to any minivan fans out there, but Rudy Gay is a better option as, as far as a rotational player goes for those minutes. He's, he's going to shoot. I mean, maybe not, I don't know about the regular season because that's where Niang seemed to really thrive, but he's going to shoot pretty close to a similar percentage from three, uh, from catch and shoot threes as Niang did, but he's also going to have that, that length and defensive versatility that we want. Uh, he's he's also he's what like 250 pounds now I think is what I saw here which means he can Niang or Gay uh, Rudy Gay that that means he can bang around yeah, for those re rebounds so he's that's that's where some of that small ball potential comes from I think is 
he's not going to be able to get just pushed around just because a guy weighs more than him. You know, he's, he's going to be able to get in there and throw his weight around too. And do you want to play a game with me? Let's see it. What, what's the game? Okay. So the game is I'm going to give you two numbers and you tell me which one's higher. I'm scared. Okay. So the first, <laughs> the, the first set of numbers is 11.4 and 6.9. Right. Which one sounds higher to you? 11.4 versus 6.9? Yeah. Why does this feel like a trick question? Just, just guess. All right. I, my guess is 11.4 sounds like a bigger number. Cool. 11.4 was Rudy Gay's points per game, and the 6.9 was George Niang. Now, here's another one. 2.4 and 4.8. I don't like I, this game. It makes me a, uncomfortable. A hint, 4. Is, 8. a hint is one is twice as big as the other. And I'm going to go with 4.8. Yeah, 4.8 is the, the rebound numbers for Rudy Gay. 2.4 was rebounds for George Niang. And the last one. 0.8 or 1.4? I'm going to take 1.4 for 500. Solid, solid. $500 to cruise. That's the assist number for Rudy Gay. The 0.8 was George Niang. So we lose George Niang. Obviously, he's, he's efficient from three by about four percentage points over Rudy Gay. But you're getting, I think, a better all-around player. George Niang is very good in his role as a catch-and-shoot specialist. And Rudy Gay can slot in there. He's used to playing with a bunch of different NBA talents, and he's he's learned how to evolve his game to to kind of be a fit anywhere kind of game. Well, so, hold on. You know what I just saw? What people people need to officially say goodbye to Niang. Uh, I guess I missed this. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a sixer now. He's a sixer. Yeah. Oh, I thought he, you knew that already. No. <laughs> That's awkward. Two-year deal to the Sixers. Yeah. Well, Sixers fans, you know, I hope you enjoy him. I hope you don't enjoy him too much, but I hope you enjoy him. Yeah. I mean, we won't be seeing him much, so I'm cool with that. Nah, yeah, that's that's all right with me. As long as he went somewhere. I'd have been sad if, if he didn't get a decent next deal, you know, because I feel like he did work hard for it. Yeah. It was, just, it was so hard to justify keeping him after it felt like he was exposed defensively and honestly a little bit offensively in the playoffs I think it's a little bit during the uh, against the Grizzlies but I think especially yeah. during the Clippers it was just he was borderline unplayable and that was yeah it's we, hard we to have that it's hard to have that on a team that is contending for a championship so I'm curious how, how many minutes he actually played very few. Truly so few. Certain it wasn't very much. Because I, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to remember. I don't feel like I saw him out there like at all. Yeah. But while he's while he's looking that up, Rudy Gay is someone who we can have a lot more versatility with. With someone like Niang, it was he's kind of a small power forward. Wow. He's a shooter, not much defense. With Rudy Gay, he's going to give us a lot more. Like like Cruz was saying, we can have him as a small ball five if we really need to. But he'll really thrive in that small forward power forward role, which is what we kind of need to beef up. So here's here's some fun statistics to make everyone feel a little bit better. In that Western Conference semifinals series against the Clippers, George's kneeing was an overall 
minus 33 in the plus minus column. He played just under 10 minutes a game, did not average a full point. It was 0.8 points per game oh, that he gave us. Oh, gosh. That's worse than I could have thought. 1.2 rebounds. So he barely averaged one rebound for us in those 10 minutes of play, uh, did not average a full assist. But he did average just under a full turnover per game. So hey. in those 10 minutes of play every game, he gave us a turnover. You got to pad those stats, dude. Got yep. Full box score. His field goal percentage was 15. 15. And his three points, three point percentage was 10. 10? 10. 10? For the whole series. Yeah. That's what you're paying this guy to do. Yep. That's insane. 10? He did not play well in that series, I'm sorry to say. And, you know, it could have just been – that's his first real experience in that level of the playoffs. So, you know, perhaps he gets what, better over time. What, but we – What, 10? 10. We don't have time. Our championship window is not long enough to give him a benefit of doubt there. So, yeah. you know, we're I'll very, take Rudy Gay. Yeah, we're very much in win-now mode. And Rudy go, or Rudy, gosh, that's going to be <laughs> – we have 100% of the Rudys. I think that's something Cruz texted me. Yeah. Uh, we have 100% of the Rudys in the NBA now. And they're both Rudy G. Yeah. Is a, it's, makes it what's harder. better than Rudy? What's, what's better than Rudy Gobert? Rudy squared. And that's what we have now. Yeah. We facts. have Rudy squared. There's no, the, you can't you can't fight with that. Yeah. But like you're saying, we're in we're in win now mode. And hopefully with these moves, we can get maybe like a backup big to kind of give us some more depth in that. Other than that, I think we're, we're pretty good. We have a pretty solid, let's talk about depth. Let's talk about the depth chart. All righty. So right now for our guards, let me pull up my little roster thing that I had. So obviously- Can I just we, give a quick shout out though? Just a real quick shout out. You mean uh, No. For that same series. <laughs> Oyan shot nearly 50% from three. Oh, I love that Jordan guy. Clarkson shot 43.6% from three. Joe really? Eagle shot 44.7 from three. Donovan shot 45 from three. And he, on high volume, he shot 13.3 three-pointers per game and made 45% of them. He was and on it. Oh, my gosh. I Royce, Royce also shot over 40% from three. So it's not like those guys weren't doing their job. Yeah. Can I just say playoff Donovan is one of my favorite things to watch. It's, it's amazing. Awesome. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, to watch, it's yeah. a treat. All right. So let's go to this depth chart. So obviously we're going to have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are going to be our starting one and two, just like it was last year. And then on our bench, we have Jordan Clarkson. Yep. We have Joe Ingles. He, are we counting him as a guard? What are we counting him as? Yeah, he's a shooting guard. He, he usually plays two, sometimes shifts to the three, but uh, we like okay. to play him as a two, even though he's kind of tall for a two. But. Yeah. Okay, and then we have Jared Butler, who's our new draft pick that we just acquired. Um, I don't know if you saw this yet, but he we will not be seeing him in the summer league, the Utah Jazz summer league at least. Yeah, pretty bummed about it. Because he was gotten by a trade, and the official year – for the NBA doesn't start till the 6th. So he's not officially on our team until August 6th. So just kind of, if you had any questions about that, that's why we won't be seeing him in the summer league. 
which I believe is actually going on right now. So I don't know why I'm not watching today's that. Third? Yeah, today's the third. So yeah, yeah, it's going on right now. There you go, guys. Stop listening so, to us. Go yeah. watch the Summer League. Well, this will be tomorrow. Calm down. Wait. Keep listening to okay, us. Okay, you can stay with us. us. Sorry. Okay. And then we also have Mieoni, who I really like his upside. I think he's still a work in progress. Um, Trent Forrest. I'm not the biggest fan of Trent Forrest. Seems like our front office is. Uh, and then same with Elijah Hughes. I'm not, I'm just, I haven't seen enough of Elijah Hughes and Trent Forrest to really feel great about them. They're kind of opposites uh, of each other. Trent Forrest gives us some decent defense, but not a huge scoring output. Whereas yeah. the front office seems to talk a lot about the offensive upside of Hughes, but his defense is the question mark. So I, I don't know. Either of those guys could compete for spot minutes. Not really sure if we'll see too much of either of them. Yeah. So those, those two aren't people that I would really want to see on the court in a time where we're trying to be in win now mode. Like if they're on the court in the playoffs, something crazy has to have happened in their development. Um, oh, yeah. Hopefully it's development and not yeah. injury. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, that would be, it'd be really awesome if we could get them on because they just got really good all of a sudden but I don't necessarily foresee that happening. Okay, and then in our forward spots, we have, we're likely gonna start Boyan and Royce, like we did all year last year. And then behind them, we've got Rudy Gay now. We've got Joe Ingles and Mie will kind of both play in that area. And honestly, looking at it, we don't have a ton after that. We have Jarrell Brantley. We have Juwan Morgan, who is a free agent. So Jarrell's a restricted free agent. Juwan is just a unrestricted free agent. So we, he, we, if I can talk, we honestly might not see Juwan Morgan back. I really liked him. So I personally would love to see him back in a jazz uniform. I feel like he worked with a, a small ball five mindset. And I don't know. I feel like... Hopefully it was Dennis Lindsay that was just kind of like, meh, Juwan Morgan, but Justin Zanuck will push for him more, but we'll see. And then you got Ursan Ilyasova. It says he's a free agent as well. Do we know what's going on with that? I haven't heard any Ursan, Ursan news since last year. So okay. I like him. I feel, really like, sure. I feel like he's someone who can come in. He's not the best defensive big, but he can put up buckets. He really spaces the floor. Like he's, He's pretty lethal from three if you leave him. So I think it's that's something that weird we'll... shot. Yeah, it's pretty weird, but it's it goes, it goes in. in. That's what matters. <laughs> and then I feel like that's almost more of a dagger to the opponent's heart. When there's a guy in your team whose shot just it's just ugly to watch and it doesn't make any sense, but it keeps going in. Yeah, it just looks weird shooting it. It's it's just, just strange. As a defender, uh, you just don't feel good <laughs> when they're seeking that in your face. Yeah. And then as of right now for center, we have Rudy Gobert, obviously. And then Yudoka Azubuki is behind him, and he's the only center on our depth chart. So yeah. I think that, I, I think I, I saw something from Tony Jones on Reddit that was saying there's we're likely going to go after a backup center on the uh, on the free yeah. agency market just to see what we can get. I think for vet mins, uh, vet minimum contracts, we're looking at probably center as a priority, a good a good backup there, and then 
it'd be great if we could get one more guy to help fill out the depth chart for the forwards, um, just barring, you know, injury or just to help out with minutes there because we don't want Joe to wear out um, if we're playing him as a forward or if we're playing him as a shooting guard, we still don't want him to wear out. And same with Bojan, you know, that wrist is something we got to take a look at and watch. So um, maybe, maybe we see more Brantley. I know the front office really likes Brantley and they did extend a qualifying offer to him, which is why he's restricted free agent this year. And I haven't heard if he's picked that up yet or not, but we, we may just see more of him and an Oni out there which I'd be okay with as long as their shot starts to kind of take form. Both of them, I've seen flashes of some good defense out there. Obviously they still kind of play like a rookie when they're out there, but I, I do like their shot. And if it gets a little bit better, I, I wouldn't be against giving them some, some small rotation minutes here and there to kind of takes the burden off of the other guys. Yeah. It looks like our starting five is the exact same though. Yeah. And I, I do like that. I do like the consistency that we're going to have going into this new season. So I'm looking at the free agent centers that are still available. We've got yeah. some names like Frank Minsky, Ennis Cantor. Honestly surprised he's still on there. Got yeah. Biz, Bismack Biombo. The Hartenstein still out there, I think. Isaiah Hartenstein, Willie Hernan Gomez, DeMarcus I haven't Cousins. seen anyone. There he is. Yeah. I, haven't, I was about to say I haven't seen anyone pick up Boogie yet. I like Jordan Bell a lot. I don't, Jordan I mean, I, I haven't, I'm going to preface this, but I haven't like specifically watched him play a lot, but I feel like in the, the games that we've played against the Warriors, he's held his own. Seems to be pretty good. He's still pretty young. He's 26. So there's, there's a couple of good options. Honestly, I just want to see someone get signed so we can kind of have some versatility and some insurance in case something does happen. Um, yeah, I think that's our biggest thing right now. It's just we just gotta need a little bit more depth, and I think we're we're looking pretty good. Yeah, I've been pretty happy with us so far. This this free agency and and draft. It looks like we're addressing needs, and we aren't just kind of band-aiding them either, like we have in the past. We're specifically targeting the needs from last year, and it looks like we are getting better. That's what yeah. we want to see. I, th- I think something that we will always look for is the, the mid-season trade with Cleveland. So let's just kind of look at <laughs> Cleveland's roster, keep an eye on it. Jared uh, Allen. One of them will be on our team by the end of the year. It just always happens that way. So Yeah, yeah we don't have 20 mil to spend on Jared Allen. No, no. But, yeah, so that's, that's all that I have right now. Anything else you want to talk about while we're here? Uh, nothing that's specific to the Jazz. Obviously, the rest of the league has gotten different. There's quite a few teams out there that are not the same, like completely different rosters from yeah. last year. I feel like we could do like a whole show just on the Bulls and the Heat. Yeah, they, Bulls, they've been heat. making moves. It's been, I don't know. Did you see the Bulls got DeMar DeRozan? Yeah, their, their starting five is completely different. Yeah. I mean, Zach Levine. Zach Levine, yeah. That's right. about it. I guess Vucevic too. But. Yeah, midway trade, yeah. But, you know. But, yeah, no, they, they look good. There's there's a couple teams that I would say the, the Chicago Bulls, the Miami Heat. Um, yeah, and that's got like, Patty Mills. I hate that. Yeah. I feel like 
I would have loved Patty Mills on our team. I feel like Patty Mills, my view of him, this is just completely off jazz topic at all, but my view of Patty Mills honestly went down by him going to the Nets. I don't know. It feels I have no it feels context. a little ring chasey. Yeah, I have no context for his personality, but I it's just he feels feels so not what Patty Mills is about. But yeah. You get what you get. But, yeah, yeah, you, you make the best decisions for yourself and being an NBA player is a career and you make your best decisions for your career. So I can yeah. understand that, you know. Meanwhile, the Lakers are having they literally have like a job fair open up outside their stadium and uh, there's actually just NBA players in a line outside who are offering their services Gosh. for veteran minimum contracts. So, you know, we <laughs> it almost feels like half the league has been signed, but they yeah. keep showing up. They okay. got Kendrick Nunn. That that was an annoying one. Yeah. All right. Let's uh I think the last thing we could talk about just really quick. Do you could you pull up the, the summer league roster for us? So I have mine okay. as well. I had it up in a second ago. So for anyone that doesn't know, we have two teams. So it's going to be the Utah Jazz Summer League. It's going to be two teams from the Jazz. And then it's going to be the Grizzlies and the Spurs and whoever they bring. So is there anybody – I'm going to try to actually watch one or two of the games. But is there anybody that you're really excited to, to watch to kind of see what they bring to the Summer League? Yes, uh, this, Elijah this is, Hughes. This is really deep diving, I feel. I, I am excited we've, to watch Elijah Hughes gone. on Yudoka as a rookie, simply because those are the two guys that, based on the little, little grapevine snippets that I've heard from the front office and other insiders, it seems like those are the two guys that have the most potential of taking away minutes and really offering some internal competition, especially with Jared Butler and Elijah Hughes there. Um, Obviously, Jared Butler was drafted to contribute immediately, so uh, he'll get spot minutes. But uh, yeah. Elijah Hughes is someone that I've I've heard that name several times, and it sounds like they're they're really keeping an eye on him to see if he's someone that that they can maybe get a couple good rotation minutes out of this year. And then, of course, Doke is someone that we want to look at just because he he is the potential for our next center he's whether he was a first round pick one that a lot of jazz fans will feel was kind of a panic pick or one that could have gone to another player so he there's a lot of potential and a lot riding on him progressing every year and he does look a little bit like a baby rudy gobert and so i hope to see good things from him over the summer league yeah so i my big things, I, Yudoka, obviously. I think that seeing him playing somewhat significant minutes, obviously I don't think they're going to like cram minutes down his throat and run him dry. But seeing him play in meaningful minutes against competition is going to be really cool. Um, I, for some reason, I feel like I didn't see him. Or did we not have some? We probably didn't have summer league last year because of COVID. Yeah, I don't think we did. I don't recall having it. Yeah, so seeing him just play minutes, like we didn't get a ton of that during the season. So I just want to see what he's got, see where he is kind of health-wise and body-wise. And then Jarrell Brantley, he's someone that I just – I see him down the road becoming 
just a big athletic wing that can really body up against some of the bigger wings like LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. Probably not going to be a starter this year, probably not next year, but maybe just down the road, he, he turns into kind of like a Royce O'Neal type project where he kind of comes from nowhere and he works up through the system and becomes one of our better players. Someone else, we talked about Masio Teague. I think it was last episode. He's someone that I'm excited to watch because he's someone who I've, I've heard people say if he wasn't on a team with two uh, NBA talents in Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell, he would likely have gotten a lot of looks from NBA people. So seeing kind of what he can do, seeing his role in he's on the, the white roster, which has a lot more unfamiliar names. Yeah. And I hope to see uh, Juwan Morgan just ball out. That'd be cool. That'd be great. It'd be weird if he gets like signed to a contract while he's playing on the jazz summer league team. But yeah. Also DJ Funderburk. I don't know who yeah. this guy is. I saw it recently. I really want him to succeed just because of his name. It's a, <laughs> it's a really lame take, but can you imagine having Funderburk on our there, team? There's something about him. Apparently, he's I've never heard of him before. I, I gotta I don't see what this follow guy looks North like. Carolina State, but there he's he's good enough to have a, an article or two of of him joining the summer league. So uh, maybe he's someone to watch. He's six ten, so he's got the height. 225, 6'10, 225. So I mean it I like there's the potential this, there. The idea of this guy is cool. Yeah. Born in 97. So you know he's like 24. Okay, so he's from this this most recent draft. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. DJ we'll see what happens. Thunderberg. Thunderberg. Bring Fun- in the thunder. Oh the, my goodness. It's, it's fun I need, thunder. I need that to stop immediately. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, let me refresh the Jazz Twitter, make sure nothing else important has happened before we log off. Uh, we also have to watch Desmond Bain play in the Summer League against us. Oh, I love him. Don't talk about him to me. I'm really upset that we didn't get him. I year. am too. But yeah, cool. Well, I hope everyone has a great day. Uh, this will yeah, this will be up tomorrow. So, Cool. Here's to hoping the Jazz can get some more stuff done, see see what we can do, what the market has in store for us. And I'm just – I'm excited for, for our team to kind of come together. I believe it's going to be September when everybody comes for the training camp. Does that sound right? Yeah. Like mid-September. So we may or may not be making some videos between now and then, depending on if stuff is actually happening. If there's nothing happening, we're not just going to talk to you for no reason. You don't need that from us, do you? So, but yeah, um, you guys have a great day. Feel free to follow us on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts. Is that a thing that we're on? Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah, we will, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.